Hi everyone, welcome to the very first episode of this podcast series all about hypertrichosis. My name is Elizabeth Wright, and with the help of my team members Carly and Madison, we hope to help educate you on this very interesting subject. So you're probably wondering, what is hypertrichosis? Well, the best way to start is to break it down. Hyper, as in the first half of the word hypertrichosis, means excessive or above and beyond the normative baseline. The other half of the word, trichosis, means a heavy growth of hair. So if you put those two together, you'll definitely start to get a mental image of what hypertrichosis often looks like, which is an excessive heavy growth of hair. Hypertrichosis is a very rare condition in which the hair grows excessively all over the whole body. So for example, rather than having excessive hair growth just at the top of your head, the hair would continue down the face and cover the rest. Um, It has also been referred to as werewolf syndrome because of obvious physical similarities drawn between this fictional creature and this very real syndrome. It might also sound more familiar to you if you've heard about or seen pictures from traveling traveling circuses in the 19th and early 20th century, um, which sometimes had performers who were really just normal people living their lives with hypertrichosis. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of the symptoms and causes of hypertrichosis. So to begin, we're going to start with some of the causes of hypertrichosis. So there are two different categories that um, this can fall into. The first one being congenital hypertrichosis. So this means that the symptoms are present from birth. However, the exact cause of congenital hypertrichosis is relatively unknown. What we do know is that those with hypertrichosis have an active gene, which results in hair growth that is usually inactive in other people. This gene may have been relevant to some of our earlier ancestors who benefited from this gene as a way to keep warm and stay alive. However, there's also acquired hypertrichosis. This develops later on in someone's life, so it's not present from birth. And there's actually a pretty large variety of possible causes behind it. One of the subcategories of acquired hypertrichosis is generalized acquired hypertrichosis. This can be a result of cancer, malnutrition, a poor diet, or an eating disorder such as anorexia nervosa, certain medications, and steroids. So with generalized acquired hypertrichosis, you're going to see it in um, larger areas than our second category, which is localized acquired hypertrichosis. So this is the excessive hair growth in a more confined um, specific area that can result from things such as excessive and repetitive repetitive itching and scratching due to a chronic itch from something like eczema, for example. Um, it can also be a result of topical steroid creams that are extremely potent, um, increased vascularity. Um, so that's when you, you see the skin is a little bit thinner and it looks like the um, veins are popping out more. You see this a lot in bodybuilders. And there are even some cases where plaster casts have resulted in hypertrichosis. So these are the casts that you would normally see doctors put on to help heal broken bones. However, this case specifically is temporary and doesn't last for that long. Next, we're going to be taking a look at some of the symptoms of hypertrichosis. So there's actually three general categorizations of hair. The first one is lanuga 
which is unpigmented, fine, soft hair that covers um, the fetus, but is usually typically shed um, around the eight-month gestation period. Um, so sometimes a baby is born with this hair, and then it'll end up shedding it on its own within a few weeks after birth. However, someone born with the Nuga hair that has congenital hypertrichosis does not shed this hair. So the result is that the hair will continue to grow and become very long all over the body for the rest of their lives. This form of congenital hypertrichosis is actually so rare that there have actually only ever been 50 cases known worldwide since the Middle Ages. The second type is vellus hair. And this type of hair follicle is shorter in contrast to the rest of the categories. Usually it's about a third of an inch long. Um, it's typically soft and lightly pigmented and can grow anywhere on the body except um, areas that do not have hair follicles there. So some of these places um, that are excluded include the soles of the feet, the palms of the hand, and mucous membrane areas like the lips and the mouth. The third and final categorization of hair is terminal, and this is the thickest and longest of the different hair types. Terminal hair is usually associated with hormones and can be found in areas such as the armpits, the groin, or the face. And um, terminal hair in hypertrichosis is actually almost always associated with teeth defects as well. Some women suffer from a form of hypertrichosis called hirsutism, um, which results in terminal hair growth in areas that you would typically see on um, a male, such as the face, back, and chest but it is different than hypertrichosis. Um, it's, it only affects those areas and doesn't cover the entire body. Let's discuss treatments for hypertrichosis next. So there's currently no cure for hypertrichosis or a way to stop the hair from growing, but hair removal is an option. Some different forms of hair removal used to treat hypertrichosis include shaving, waxing, chemical epilation, so removing of the hair follicles, um, something called electrolysis or thermolysis, which involves um, inserting a very, very fine needle into the actual hair follicle to destroy it with either an electric shock or heat. And then, of course, you can use laser hair removal. Unfortunately, these treatments um, can have unwanted side effects such as scarring or hypersensitive reactions to the areas. The treatments would also have to be done repeatedly in order to keep up with the rate of hair growth. Lastly, we are going to examine how hypertrichosis relates to organic compounds, otherwise known as the molecules of life. As previously mentioned, hypertrichosis is a, is a genetic mutation. This means that there has been a permanent change in the DNA sequence that is responsible for the gene which ultimately, re ultimately results in the excessive hair growth. Nucleic acids are one of those organic compounds and consists of both DNA and RNA. Today, we are going to be focusing on DNA, or deoxyribonucleic acid which is responsible for carrying the genetic information for most all living organisms. Genes are a specific portion of the DNA that determines what protein is going to be made. The basis for DNA are nucleic acids, and the nucleic acids are composed of three different nucleotides, which are 
phosphate, sugar, and a nitrogenous base. In a genetic mutation, there is an alteration to this nucleotide sequence that is not typically seen. Some current research has suggested that hypertrichosis is a genetic mutation that can be inherited through one of the 22 pairs of autosome chrom chromosomes, through an X-linked chromosome, or possibly an inverted mutation of the 8Q chromosome. Chromosomes are long strands of DNA wrapped tightly around pr proteins for structural support. Humans have 23 pairs of chromosomes, making 46 in total. 22 of those are autosome chromosomes, and the 23rd is the sex chromosome, which determines the gender. So it can be XX or XY. Seeing as hypertrichosis is extremely rare, research on hypertrichosis is still ongoing and, underlying, and the underlying defect is ultimately still being investigated. There have been multiple studies actually looking into a link between numerous other medical conditions to help determine if and what type of genetic relationship exists. Thank you so much for joining us on our very first episode of this podcast series all about hypertrichosis. I hope that you learned something new today and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thank you.